distorted my picture just to see what it felt like a digital fixture in a world that seems so lifelike so i type the way i feel inside that makes me want to fight and i try to not mistake love with anything that might feel like hype a roll of the dice welcome back to dating games the modern relationships podcast and one of our monthly hosts episode with my wonderful co-host stephanie foster Hello, Bob. I've missed you. How are you? I've missed you as well. I, I'm good. Are you are you proud of me? That was the shortest and more to the point, least convoluted intro I've ever done with you. That's why I paused for so long. <laughs> I was like, this can't be it. <laughs> yeah, I normally tell you how wonderful you are for two minutes. But you know what? You're coming in with a real uplifted energy, fresh off a holiday. So I feel like a lot has changed since we last spoke. Oh my gosh. You don't need so the compliments. Much. Well, I'll still take them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's like, I don't know. We were just catching up shortly before this and it was such a good point. I went back and listened to our last episode and I just was shocked at how incredibly sad I was in that moment. Like it was absolutely hard. And I think maybe the hardest part was saying no to something that was really close, but not it. Mm-hmm. And I have a really hard time saying no or giving up hope or not thinking that people can change because I myself have changed a lot in my life. But it's just like the lifted stress of having to make a big decision and being so happy with the choice that you've made and everything feeling so clear on the other side. Like so much respect for my ex. She was the first woman I fell in love with, like so much love there, but also like, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the whole world's back to being your oyster. And do you feel like part of it, you know, the pressure you might've been feeling and the kind of weight of that breakup might've also been, you know, realizing certain things and dating a woman for the first time, maybe feeling like I've lost a bit of time here you know I, it's taken me longer than some people to figure this stuff out which is completely no judgment but you might have been feeling yourself of okay well it's time I make it work with a woman even though you you have no practice totally yeah absolutely I was like I don't know nothing's felt like cocaine like this before <laughs> so like should really try and make it work but it was just having to go back to what I was looking for in a relationship And I wasn't looking for cocaine. I was looking for a salad, maybe a chicken breast. I don't know, but something good for me and something that is going to keep me going like in the long run versus something that is so exciting at the beginning. I just can't help it. So I'm just, I'm learning how to date again. It's, it's completely different. I feel like a kid and I'm, you know, relearning my boundaries, but with women, if that makes sense, like. Mm -hmm. I think the only disappointing part of this past relationship was looking back and seeing all of the things that I allowed and how long I stayed and like really fought for something that was not something I should have been fighting for. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? Where are we? I just went off on I can't remember what my question was. So I'm going to say yes. And I, I think you're spot on there with looking for the salad, finding the healthy thing for you, because, you know, a lot of the time we don't. It's very easy to get caught up in what's shiny and new yeah i can relate to that a lot putting energy into not always the most productive places and so i i really get it and one thing i'm kind of dying to know about actually is 
you know, what it's been like having the chance to kind of soak this in and be back to being single, having a chance to reflect on this, you know, first whirlwind relationship with a woman? I think letting it soak in a few things, right? Like to you and to friends and family, I came out, but like publicly to my Instagram, all (laughs) nine of my followers. I came out when I was single and we had already broken up and I'm so, so glad I did that. So it could just be my thing, what my sexuality is about. Like she happened to fall into the things that I like versus like her being the reason that I am queer, gay, all of those things. I think the label of it, I'm still having a hard time with of what to call myself because I still don't know. I'm trying to write a joke about it of like, I came out at 35 as I still don't know. (laughs) No, I love that. But I think there's some truth to that as well, because living, you know, to your knowledge as a straight woman for all those years, you know, it's a label and it's not, you know, it's not something there's any expectation to declare or come out about. And so it is going to be a bit strange to be like, okay, so now maybe I do feel inclined towards a label to kind of explain this or have some kind of shorthand but maybe do I need that or which one and you know maybe I choose one and that'll be wrong because I thought I knew what my label was yeah now I'm like I don't want to label anything that'll bring anything for more than an hour (laughs) yeah I think there's definitely a bit of that a want to belong to a group specifically too so I know who to reach out to and get advice from and those kinds of things it's been a lot I think I don't know I didn't think it would be a big deal coming out and then it was and I felt that on a personal level too and I'm still just like trying to figure out what that looks like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so what elements of it surprised you as being a lot, the, like the processing for you or also other people's? Not so much other people's reaction, just like the amount of reaction and that there was a reaction. I definitely understand like the pride behind it and, you know, the welcome to the club and all of those kinds of things, like lots of love there. I just I didn't think people would care. And then a lot of people did. And then some people who were questioning their sexuality in that moment as well reached out. And so I don't know. It's it's kind of been like, because I run this tour, people expect me to just be able to talk knowledgeably about everything. And I'm like, hello, I just got here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm new to this. I'm not an instant authority. It's not even warm yet. Let me settle in. Like, <laughs> let me figure this out. It's like, oh, what do you like? What kind of lesbian are you? And I'm like, I don't know. Is <laughs> there like a career fair, but for lesbians? And I just forgot to go and choose one. Or like, what happened? <laughs> You're like, what do you so mean? Weird. I have to choose plaid or dresses. I like both things. Yeah, exactly. Are you more masked? Jesus, Bridget. All of those things. Bridget is learning. You you said you said mask. You said something vaguely male, and Bridget jumped on the mic. (laughs) No, we're not doing that anymore. We've moved on. Yeah, Bridget Ben Overman. She's so stoked about women. She's into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're the only person she needs. Truly, I'm the only person I need. Oh, see, now you're coming more onto my vibe because I I was telling you off mic. Like, I don't really have updates because I'm just feeling progressively 
more single than ever and more powerful in that. Like I've said to you before, I feel most like myself when I'm single and definitely that needs more examination in terms of like, what does that mean in terms of me like potentially overcompromising or certain things like that? And that's why I feel that way. But I'm having great fun with it. And don't get me wrong, I love hosting this show. I'm very invested in everyone else's relationships. I've been binging, and I think this is a good sign actually, I've been binging First Dates Island this wonderful TV show, which is exactly what it sounds like. They send you to a fancy hotel in central Dublin and you go on a date and they film all of it. And I know one of the waiters that stars in it. And it's a really fun show, but I I couldn't watch it before. I found it cringy and I haven't fully figured out why, but maybe I was just kind of too in the sort of like feelings of like potential, you know, rejection and putting so much on relationships. And now, ironically, doing this show, I feel somewhat more removed because I get to talk about it all the time, but it's it's not my relationships most of the time we're talking about. I think there's been something I've got to realize through that of like, oh, just having more conversations about relationships is actually just very empowering and takes a lot of the pressure off because you realize like how chaotic it is for everyone and everyone's trying to figure it out. And I've reminded myself of what I was going to ask you earlier or what I was going to reflect on, you talking about like wanting to find something organic, you know, wanting to find something healthy. And that's what I'm really into. Now I'm like the other side of it where I'm like, convince me, (laughs) convince me it's relationship o'clock because so often I hear from guests of mine who are in long-term relationships, there is this kind of trend of, oh, they weren't who I was expecting, or, you know, how we met was really random, or I'd met them six months before, but then I, you know, we were both single later on and things suddenly hit it off out of nowhere. Like, there are still really organic stories out there. And, you know, that gives me a lot of faith that we can, yeah, work on ourselves and stay open to it. You know, I still feel open to it, but I'm not searching. And maybe that's why I can binge a TV show and be invested in a look at all these people looking for love and they're so cute and I'm getting invested in the storylines versus, oh shit, what would I do? Should I be learning from this? What's the strategy? You know, I think there's such a thing as being two in it. And I'm aware, given I host this show, how ironic that sounds. We've been overthinking it, no? Mm -hmm. We've made it like thinking it, thinking it, thinking it versus like, when I'm around this person, how do I feel? Yeah, And I think that's a scary thing to do because I'm a Virgo and I like facts. No, I think we have that in in common. We're both looking for the logic because that Mm -hmm. feels safe to be like, okay, can I identify three indicators that they're into me? Okay, I still feel nervous. Can I find another one? Like we're trying to create a system around it. And it's funny given that like, you know, each episode we choose a rule of the game, right? You know, those are meant to be ironic. Because I don't really think there are like that many hard and fast rules to, you know, be nice. Don't, you know, go out of your way to like be mean to anyone. There's certain things we can agree on. But mostly there aren't just a whole litany of rules. And it's maybe taken me a little bit too long to realize how true that is for myself. Well, as someone who plays for all the teams, rules are different everywhere, okay? (laughs) Yeah. So the only kind of dating story I have for you recently is I was out shopping with a friend of mine, Ariuna, who, you know, I think we can really credit her to this story because I was in Lush, I was shopping, 
And I I was very much focused on like a good discount on this co-wash I use on my hair and buying a massive chunk of it because I never see it half price. So that was really where my brain was at. Anyway, she was chatting to the guy that was serving us and then was nudging me at one point when he went off to, to cut soap or whatever they get up to there. And she was like, so he's attractive, isn't he? I was like, sure, I did notice. Wasn't really a focus of mine, clearly the hair products were. Yeah. But, you know, hot, hot recognises hot. <laughs> yeah, back to the soap. Do you recognise And so, anyway, she was like, oh, you should, you should chat to him. Anyway, so we did get chatting, obviously, while I was checking out. And he, I don't know, he seemed a little bit of that kind of specific brand of nervous, where you're like, oh, maybe this person likes me. And then he gave me like a free product, which also is like one of my favorites. So I was like, oh, I feel, I feel seen, seen, heard and understood. And I also know having briefly worked in Lush once upon a time that they're only allowed to give out one free product a day. It's like a little kind of special surprise I can give to one customer a day. And so I was like, oh, oh, I'm the person. Anyway, so I was like, you know what, We're, we're chatting away. And so I did say, which is very direct me I, I think I said something like so would you be offended if I gave you my number and he, and he just stopped for a second he was like huh I was like can I give you my number he didn't know what to do with that and, I, and so I then I think I've I've spent too many years in charge of things I just went into manager mode I was like do you want to print off a bit of till roll I'll write it down for you because I'm like who am I when did she become my employee like but I think I'm just so used to like having a team in various roles i'm like oh i can problem solve i can take over this situation because you're a bit nervous and you did not expect this anyway my receipt was printing so then we had to like pause and wait before you could print more till roll anyway long story short we did exchange numbers and i don't know he'd been like asking about how long i've been growing my hair or something so there was like a bit of flirting and signs back and forth that's flirting oh mate when it's men, the bar is very low. Anybody just vaguely noticing your appearance potentially counts How as flirting. How long have you been growing your hair? What a line. Shut up. Sorry, and that just stuck out to me. I was like, excuse me, huh? Honestly, this happened like two months ago, so I'm not sure I'm <laughs> going to tell the story well at all. But luckily, it's a short one. And so anyway, cut to, we had a bit of like weird, awkward texting, whereas like, is he bad at texting or does he... Is he not interested in any of this? And I read the signs wrong. Anyway, we did end up going on a date. I'd invited him for drinks, but I think because he, a lot of, a lot of like pubs, kind of gastro puby places in, in Ireland, there'll be like an eating part and just a like bar section. And so he'd sat in the like eating part. And so then we ended up having a whole meal. So there was part of me that sat down and like the waitress within a second was like, so what are you eating? And I was like, Oh, I wasn't aware that I was, but okay. Did not commit to eating, just to drinking? <laughs> yeah, so you know what? I was like, here we are. Content for the pod. No, I didn't think that. I was I was being present. And we had we had a sweet day. He's from and like spent most of his life living in China. And so his perspective on a lot of things was, you know, very fascinating to me. There was a funny moment where he asked me in all seriousness why are so many people in this country vegetarian? And I kind of thought he was like doing a bit for a second. He was like, no, no, I'm really asking. (laughs) I was like, I'm not vegetarian. I've never had to answer this question. And I was like, well, I guess like 
you know, we're, yeah. we we still do a lot of farming in this country, but, you know, in Dublin, we're pretty far removed from it. I was like, you know, you know, when you start questioning everything where you're like, totally, why are we vegetarians? So many of us. Yeah. And he was like, is it that people care about animals? Because, and I was like, yeah, right. And that's what I thought. <laughs> anyway, so that was a funny moment. But yeah, he also had a whole rant to me at one point about how, like, I say rant, a ramble, which I definitely brought on because I got about halfway through the date and I didn't know if it was a date or not because he was very formal and that I think I was mirroring that energy. So there was no flirting, not even asking about how fast my hair grows. Not even the good flirting. Not even the top tier shit. <laughs> so I guess I was just kind of at a certain point being like, well, let's let's ask some shit while we're here. Let's figure some stuff out. And so I was asking him about past relationships and stuff like that, which I wouldn't generally be getting into on a date because the last thing I need is for you to like get stuck talking about your ex for half an hour because I think you're going to walk away feeling like, oh shit, why did I go on about my ex all that time? And I'm going to walk away being like, well, I know whether or not I find their ex attractive, but what about them? So we we got onto conversations about relationships and he had this whole extended ramble that went on and on about like not liking to see people too much. Mm. And it kind of came down to, you know, maybe like once or twice a month is all I want to see people. Like it doesn't matter if I'm like in a relationship with them or their friend or like family, like that's that's enough for me. And I was like, okay. And he kept going and going. And I was like, is this a warning? Is this a... Yeah rant that's been sitting on him that I you know a relative stranger need to to be subjected to so I don't really know what to make of that part of me was like honestly with my schedule that's that's just fine <laughs> like that should have maybe been a turn off and I'm like I might just fucking hold him to that if this goes anywhere Wait, um, yeah and he told me a story about having a long distance relationship and he went to stay with the guy for a week and then broke up with him immediately afterwards because he was like it was just too much. I'd seen him enough for a whole year, and so I had to break off. <laughs> I was like... Oh my God, I do it? So if it was a warning, it's probably a good one. So anyway, the story kind of ends with we, you know, went our separate ways, split the bill, whatever. And then he was like going away for two weeks, and we messaged afterwards. It was lovely and low pressure, because I was like, this guy doesn't like seeing people hardly ever anyway. So, I, you know, that was quite nice to be like, I'm not really looking that much right now and then on top of that this guy's not looking to see me maybe oh, ever okay. but if not for a yeah. while <laughs> so uh, yeah we haven't actually caught up again and so I think I've just kind of I've messaged him asking how his like two weeks away was or whatever and we didn't immediately make plans and I'm, I'm fine about that I don't know if I was interested that much I think I was if anything more confused by the was it a date or not did you like ask straight up I didn't because the closest I got to it was at one point, yeah, when we were on the kind of relationships chat, he'd mentioned like an ex-boyfriend and an ex-girlfriend and said that she didn't really count. And so, yeah, and I didn't know what in, in what Love capacity. Love to double click on that and learn more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of did. I was like, oh, and like, do you mind me asking like sexuality wise, do you go by a particular label? And he was, like, slightly aggressively, like, yeah, I'm gay. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you'd, you'd taken my number, so I thought you probably went to, I didn't say this to him, but in my head, I'm like, I, I probably assumed you were into men to some degree. But 
yeah, I don't know. You mentioned a female ex. So uh, yeah, that made me then hesitant to ask any more questions because I that sort of made me feel like if that's obvious, maybe it's because it should be obvious because we are on a date. I didn't want to then be like, so are we on a date? Follow up question and him be like, yes. Yeah. No one loves that response, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be good casting for First Dates Ireland, but they are currently looking for applicants, so I think I might put myself in for it. Okay, what is it? Can we both go on it? I think you would have to be here, but I would love that. Imagine if we got matched with each other. <laughs> well, I guess we need the airtime, so let's fucking go with it. <laughs> that would be perfect. What's your name? Stephanie? Brad is a Jack. Bobby. Bobby. Okay. Yeah, another white boy name. Sure, they're all the same. And so, yeah. So anyway, that's my only kind of brief recent dating story for you. But honestly, I, you know, it felt like a sign of growth that I kind of walked away and it, it turned into a kind of entertaining story versus something that I dwelled on and tried to figure out too much really quickly. Yep. I love that for you. I need to be better at that. At just like... If things don't work out or someone behaves in a way like that's not what I'm looking for, to just cut it off and be done with it and walk away. Yeah. I think a lot of it is challenging because it feels like the stakes are so high. That and like I'm really, really trying to challenge every scarcity thought that I have mm -hmm. as if there's a finite amount. <laughs> I mean, I just opened up the population. So <laughs> exactly. I shouldn't have anything to worry about. But yeah, I think I can very quickly, because of my age, because of all of these things, get into that scarcity mindset and I'm really fighting hard against it. Yeah. And another way of looking at it, you're a young divorcee, so you're ahead of the game. You can scoop up the others when they're ready. <laughs> divorcee since I was 24. How many people can say that? There you go. Take your achievements where you can. Okay. So if anyone wants to marry me from... <laughs> Ireland, you just let me know and I will come right over. Yeah, you've done long distance before, so. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I am reminded of like the pressures, particularly recently with Valentine's. I don't know that it's, is it just that everyone thinks they're a content creator now? Because this one seemed particularly aggressive with like all my social media was Valentine's content. Like everyone was either like, here's all my couple pics or here's a hundred reasons why I hate it. And I think I just needed not everybody to be talking about it. Interesting. Okay, so I have a cheat code for you. Mm -hmm. I was in Costa Rica on Valentine's Day. And so I don't know if it was the algorithm, my location, technology, but I got almost no Valentine's stuff whatsoever. In a while. That's great. Because this is the thing, I don't even, I don't even dislike it. I don't think it's real enough for me to have a strong opinion on. For me, I'm like, it's commercially based. I will say happy Valentine's Day. And that's about it. Like, I'm not doing anything beyond that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was watching like a, a report out of Canada recently about like the oppression of indigenous people there. And one of the things they had like, camps they'd send them to to have them kind of re re-civilized or whatever the fuck they were calling it and yeah teaching them about valentine's day was seen as integral to making them more canadian and i was like for fuck's sake 
of all is the this things. What Ada were upset about? They don't know about Valentine. I know. I was like, it's what? Like, it's not real. It's not. It's not. It's made up in Canada too. And that's not even one based on like a religious figure. I guess Saint Valentine, but that thing. Come it's on, such a stretch. Anyway, this is something else random. I had a guest on the pod recently called Lady Blue, who I'm obsessed with. She's okay. one of these TikTok people that's like all like affirmations and kind of shouting yeah. into the mic, aggressively telling you how much you should love yourself. And I laughed yeah. that shit up. I she's so fun, and she came on the Zoom, and it was a full. It was a full art house film. She had her little lines ready to go. She had a, a prop pair of glasses that kept coming on and off. She'd like organized her background and I didn't have the heart to tell her that most people would only ever hear the audio for this. Although, side yeah. note, if you do want to see the visuals for our guests, follow me on TikTok at Bobby Temps. I upload as many as I can be bothered, but I do, I do kind of prioritize a, a stunning guest like her that's made the visual effort. But yeah, one thing that cracked me up in her interview was at one point she had a little ramble about like social pressures and she I couldn't tell if she was talking about people being wed or people being webbed. And I think she was using the word webbed of like there's such pressure for us all to be webbed to each other. And I was like, that is an artistic choice. I don't understand it. But I might just start saying there's so much pressure to be webbed. <laughs> such shame about not being webbed. <laughs> I have wanted webbed feet all my life. <laughs> yeah when is the right person going to come into my life and sort that out for me they don't even need to be a surgeon let's take some risks let's just go for it i don't know if this is narcissistic but forgive me one thing that i've been noticing that's been kind of weird about the the being stridently single stuff is i seem to be more attractive to people lately and it's not yeah it's not the timing for it yeah, but like that swagger, people can smell that. That is like the lack of desperation. <laughs> people like he knows he's got something good. And so like, why would I, I like want some of that? I don't know what it is, but that person's pretty sure about it. Yeah. Pull him back in before he gets a taste of freedom. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's like when you find your person, it's like when you are a loving single life. Because that's when you're the most you, like you said. And I think that's when you attract the person who is the best for you. Yeah. And it has got me kind of theorizing around like what the future of relationships are. Because the different relationship structures are kind of broadening, I feel like, all the time. Like more different relationship dynamics are being kind of represented and explored by people. You know, we've talked a lot about like ethical non-monogamy on the pod, for example. And it does yeah. make me think in terms of like expectations of what a relationship looks like. I think there are going to be a lot more people out there, you know, that are questioning what parts of it they want. There's already that with marriage, but I think there'll be more of that on, do I want to live with that person? Do I want to yeah. even have the expectation that we'll be with each other forever? Or will we kind of take it as it goes a lot more? I think a lot more yeah. like casual relationships that are like casually structured versus like vague and confusing yep i agree i think it's going to be i think there's going to be like more friends raising kids i think like you're gonna choose a child partner versus like a spouse a child partner is that the, the phrase you're going with yeah like you and me are child bride raise a, i don't know about the rest of it but you and me are raising this kid kind of thing okay i think so that's my guess 
I'm not sure about the branding, but no, I agree with the premise. You know what? I, I would be down for that. I've been questioning more lately, like where I fit in terms of having children. It's, I've always wanted a child and I've, as far as I remember, always wanted to adopt. And, you know, more recently, I've been unsure of that for the first time. Interesting. I feel like this has come up so much with my friends and I. And I don't know if it's like the age that we're at, clocks that tick in, <laughs> whatever it is. But it's that thing of like, do I want kids because I've been taught that like, this is the next step and this is what you do? Or do I want kids? And the more I see my friends having kids, the more I'm thinking that maybe I don't. And not because like I don't want their life or something like that. It's just like, I think you have to really fucking want to do that to do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's good for a kid unless you really fucking want to do it. Oh, I think that's essential. Yeah, because that's quite terrifying for me on behalf of other people even. That there are probably so many people out there that really regret having kids. But I can't ever admit that. You can't undo that thing. You can't ever let the kid find out you didn't want them. That would that be so damaging. Like, so damaging. Mm. Some parents don't care. But I think it's it's interesting because for me, I would much rather be wrong about not wanting a kid than I would be about wanting. And if it's not a hell yes for me, it's a no. So I think at this point, it's really going to, depend on what partner I end up choosing and like where their level is on it yeah no I I love that and I think that's such a lovely perspective to kind of hear and have reinforced because so often we hear the opposite of like well are you sure you know with women in particular are you sure what if it's too late what if you regret Mm -hmm. it and you know Shaney Silver a previous guest has talked about that quite a lot where She's like, you know, I've got to be really honest. I can't be 100% that I won't regret this. Like, I don't want to to be a parent, but I I would be lying if I said I'm 100% sure on that. And yet, you know, it's a calculated risk that she's happy to take. And she loves her life and she's not sure if she would love the life that would be there with a kid. And yeah, unless it's a hell yes, it being a no is probably the most ethical thing. That's what I feel like, but I don't know. There's definitely a lot of pressure around it. And of course, it's not going to be 100% anything. I mean, again, I'm in this space like, nothing matters, no labels, everything's up for change. <laughs> yeah, but, and and if I may get a bit old for a moment, something that did really get me thinking recently was someone that I follow on social media was talking about how for a lot of people, a big part of the decision-making now is financial and is to do with the environment and so it's like there are concerns about the future of the world there are concerns about the future of all our finances and the world's finances as well and so do these things tip the balance for you on whether or not to have a child and what she was adding to the conversation of you know part of that is that she wants to push back on some of that on the financial side of like when do we accept that it costs to have a child that once upon a time we would have, you know, we lived in a more tribal way where people, you know, all pitched in and there was a lot more kind of shared parenting, you know, not just within, you know, parents, but just about communally as well. 
and you know daycare wasn't a thing you know if you decide to to be a working parent that's going to be 80 percent of your wages if not more and so yeah it was an interesting thing that you I just was like oh I haven't heard that perspective so articulately and yeah it really it really got me thinking I, I will send you I'll link the clip actually in the episode description if I can find it again but no I think it was it was really spot on of like a lot of this stuff is very commercialized in the same way valentine's is made up and we have certain expectations of if you are doing valentine's a lot of the parts of doing valentine's involve spending money you know you've got to have the roses the card the meal out that costs more than the usual meal out like there's that's so intrinsic to it and there are a lot of ways like that with parenting of like you know oh you're becoming a mother well you've got to have a new pram for them you can't have one off a, a friend that's child has grown out of it you yeah. can't have a cot from like when your parents were babies and is old you've got to have the cutting edge new thing you've yeah. got to have that self-rocking crib otherwise you're a bad parent so much pressure it's so much pressure where are you with it look at us bemoaning the state of the world on on the podcast we're meant to keep light it's look it's who we are isn't it yeah. just concerned for humanity okay we're, we're, yeah, we, we're not in relationships because we're too busy worrying about everyone, let alone one person. <laughs> where am I at with it? I don't really know where I'm at with it, is the answer. I, I always felt really sure about having a child, and I'm not anymore, and that is a bit unsettling. Mm. You know, part of it is for me, I think for a long time, I thought of that maybe being the only thing that I would slow down for. You know, I used to be a lot more workaholic than I am now. Now I actually have learned what it is to take a bit of rest here and there. And I've actually slowed down a lot, like particularly in like the last few years and kind of COVID was part of like forcing me to be like, you will be at home, sit down, it's not going to kill you. And I came out of it and I was like, oh, it didn't kill me. Who would have known? Yeah, for a long time, I thought like that's the thing I would slow down for and yeah. nothing else. You know, I'd, I'd sort of manufactured it into like a, a flag, flagstone, milestone milestone checkpoint something yeah a milestone in my life where i you know just thought i'll get to that point and then i'll i'll change my life for that person and maybe i've kind of learned to do that a bit more for myself maybe that's what's kicked up the dust around it because now i'm looking at it through a different lens of okay i don't need an external thing to get me to slow down now i also when i was younger i used to think i'd like become a millionaire by 25 and then i'd slow down and i'm like I think a lot of ways that I was like, I'm, I cannot continue working these crazy hours, but I've got to have something external to validate me giving myself a break. And I don't think that's the case anymore. And so, yeah, that's a bit, you know, I mean, it feels a very strange way to put it because I don't want it to sound like I wanted to use a child in order to give me a day off because I'm not saying being a parent is a fucking day off at all. No. But, you know, that felt like something so important to prioritize now. And instead, I'm, I think I'm thinking about it more realistically now that I'm maybe nearer the time when I kind of had a timeline in mind. And it's less about like, oh, one day this idealist situation. And now it's, OK, how many years off am I from? Yeah, maybe some of that financial security. Maybe that yeah. sort of, would I be raising them in this home? No. So where where would I live? How far am I off to getting in a bigger place? Would I want to own somewhere? But also, I don't really know if that's going to be accessible for me 
or a lot of people in our generation? I'm constantly in battling with that. Constantly. I don't know how people feel like they hit a point that you're ready mm. to have kids financially. And like, maybe that's already full right? stop. When, when are you going to feel enough of an adult? I think that's part of it. Try and like chase this, like, oh, I finally got it figured out. Like, if that's what you're chasing, you are going to be for the rest of your life frustrated. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest thing is like trying to learn. I'm not in control of anything. It could all go away at any minute. It could all come together <laughs> at any minute, you know, like it's more being flexible and adapting to what is and just acceptance, acceptance, acceptance versus like, this wasn't my plan. So I'm going to try to force everyone else to change their plan to fit my plan. But I think there's also part of it, like the older you get, the more puzzle of your life is built. And you've decided these things that you like about your life, right? Mm -hmm. Or you've decided these parameters, like I have to have a kid. And the other person, the older that they get, their picture's a little bit more painted. And so it's hard to fit those pictures in the more details we start putting in. Does that make sense? I think that makes perfect sense. <laughs> and also, yeah, for me, I guess, that's what I'm realizing through this conversation, that the nearer it gets, the more complex your decision-making gets. And so actually, it's probably entirely healthy that I'm questioning it more now than I did when oh, I was yeah. a kid and I had no idea what parenting involved. If you asked 15-year-old Stephanie what 30-year-old Stephanie was going to be doing, she was very wrong, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on that note of the optimism of life being chaos and we don't know what's coming, we will wrap up there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. So good to see you. You too. Thanks for listening. For the full experience, you can join our subscription on Apple Podcasts to access extended ad-free episodes. Our show is edited and produced by Pete Murta. The music is Digital Damage by me, Emma Becco. We're proud to be an independent production. And leaving a quick review is another way to support the show. Speak to you next Friday. Until then, good, good luck, luck out, out there. there.